Okay, we covered diet culture and the diet culture methods to lose weight. Now, let's get into what sustainable healthy weight loss looks like. The idea behind this episode is to give you a peek into the, a different world, <laughs> a whole other way of thinking about weight loss that doesn't rely on body shaming. And that's important because you can both love yourself and think you need to lose weight. These are not mutually exclusive ideas. You don't have to hate your body. You don't have to, in fact, I'd really rather you didn't, honestly, you only have one. I'm not really sure what, how useful that is. And you can evaluate yourself and say, this is something I would like to handle without the recriminations of how you got there, without thinking that you're some unique failure for having that happen. You know, what we can observe is that people have gained weight across a population. That should tell you this is not a personal issue. That should tell you this is a systemic issue. It doesn't mean that there's nothing you can do to help yourself. We're gonna get into it, right? But what it means is that you really ought to let yourself off the hook and um, stop hating what has happened. I don't know you, but I know that you're okay. I know you're all right. What you need to do is think about this differently. So let's get into it. What does healthy weight loss look like? Well, number one, we talked about diet culture and how day one they're pushing you to lose weight and usually through deprivation. Well, that's the exact opposite of what should happen. You should not put pressure on yourself to lose weight right away when you embark on a weight loss journey. I know pretty crazy, but there's a bunch of things that need to happen. One of them is that you need to um, calm down. You need to learn a little bit about nutrition, um, mostly in the form of food processing and added sugars. Those are two really big subjects. So there's a, there's a process of calming down and learning. There's a process of evaluating your life. There's a process of bringing the practices into your life that are going to create sustainable weight loss. And you can't, I don't want you running five miles on day one because your life isn't set up for that. You aren't set up for that. That's a crazy thing to do to yourself. We, we really have been living out the ideas of the biggest loser style weight loss, which is this, you know, like, I'm going to do it all day one. Oh my God, that sounds like hell. And I don't think anything that you're going to keep up for the long term is rooted in pain. Weight loss is a byproduct. It's actually an outcome of your practices. And those take time to develop. It takes time to understand who you are and how you want to live out those practices. And the last one is that we embrace plateaus. I think of this as abuse, is to put your body through a process where it's just forced to lose weight over a long period of time. Like, lose weight, lose weight. If you get on the scale and it didn't happen, oh, it's a tragedy. Long-term sustainable weight loss has a lot of plateaus in it, and um, your weight can go up and down. It's, I'm making a little seesaw motion for those who can't see me. It'll go up, it'll go down, and then it sort of floats down as your practices um, get more solidified. And that is a byproduct. That is an outcome and it's a gentle outcome. Um, and we like slow weight loss. There is reams of evidence to show. And I know the weight loss drugs are now pushing people to lose weight quickly. And we're gonna, I'm gonna do a whole episode on why I think these things are actually a diet. But 
in general, the faster the weight loss, uh, the more unsustainable it is. The slower it is, your body adjusts, your practices adjust, your mindset adjusts is a very good thing. So I don't care, you know, even for people who go into my program, I don't care if you lose weight right away. What I want you to do is learn. That's the important thing. Learn and do things differently and come back and tell us about how that went and get coaching and all of the other stuff. But long-term weight loss starts with learning. Number two about weight loss, long-term sustainable weight loss, you're fine. I know I've said this a few different ways, but it bears repeating. You're okay. Your body's okay. There's nothing wrong with your hormones or metabolism or any number of ways that diet culture has invented to sell you things that make no sense. What you need is better care. You are fine. You personally are fine. <laughs> and even if you're, you know, even if you're listening to this and thinking, well, Rebecca, I can't stay away from chocolate or I uh, do this thing that I feel uh, ashamed about. Well, the chances are pretty good that you're doing those things because you don't understand how you're triggering yourself to do them. And when you do start understanding them, you can actually change them. You, what is not going to happen is you're not going to shame yourself into it and you're not going to put just undue pressure on yourself to be different one day. So what I like about this idea of being fine is that it also grounds you into your real life. So much of diet culture projects a fantasy. And where the actual change happens is in your real life, in, in your home, in your relationships, in your workplace, how you allocate your time, how you talk to yourself. Those are, those are grounding you to who you really are. And loving and accepting that is part of the work of sustainable weight loss and frankly, a happy life. Um, those two things are not mutually exclusive. I'm not saying you have to lose weight to have a happy life. Please don't misunderstand. I'm assuming you're listening to this because you're interested in sustainable weight loss. So I'm joining them together for that purpose. Number three, relies on intentional living. So there's a difference between intention and deprivation. I think of deprivation as one side and intention is the other side. Intention is different because what you do is create support systems to create behavior change. So an easy one that I gave you before was putting the chips in the cabinet, right? Like that's an easy one. Obviously things get a lot more complex, but I'm showing you that if you don't have the chips in the cabinet, that is an intentional act. One of the big things that I did when I first started even embarking on the idea of losing weight was walking everywhere. That is an intention. That is not a deprivation. It felt good to me. It was something I could sustain. And it wasn't burdensome. And in the deprivation side, what you're doing is outsourcing that question, right? You're saying, what do I need? Tell me what I got to do to lose weight. But in intentional living, that question is flipped. What do I need to sustain the practices for the outcome to be a healthy weight that I can live with for the rest of my life? Very different question. Very different um, modus operandi when you start exploring that question. Intentional living has everything to do with you and your real life, which are massively important. And it puts you in the day-to-day. -day. I'll talk a little bit more about this in another one of these, but you need something that you can do almost every day. Your day-to-day -day is super important. 
it's routines, it's all kinds of stuff. And so what you can do in a day is really what you can do in a week, what you can do in a month, what you can do in a year, what you can do for the rest of your life. Number four, each action you take or change is focused on permanence. Doesn't matter, food, movement, um, you know, altering your relationships, altering how you, um, how much time you have in the day for all of this. Those are, those are done with permanence in mind. And here's why I like this. Uh, no more fantasy thinking. Like, I could be this person who gets up at 5 a.m. to do boot camps. Really? You could? Because you'd be doing that. <laughs> you'd be doing that. Um, or you would have been more interested in it or whatever. Like, you, you sustaining those fantasies, I'll put it another way. Sustaining those fantasies, it's what blocks you um, from doing things that are permanent. And also the idea of permanence means that you, you have to be more realistic about what it is that you um, can accomplish. And that's okay. That's not a defeat. That's not a defeat. You don't need anything glimmery or over the top. What you need to be able to do is do it each and every day. What can you do in a day? What can you do in tomorrow? And the, this, the idea of permanence means, well, I don't think I can run a 5K every day, but I bet I could walk every day. And if you can do something every day, chances are that uh, that will become part of your life and part of your self-concept. These are very healthy things. And, and really, they speak to how people actually change. Number five, starts quietly and builds, right? No all or nothing nonsense. One of the things that keeps people toggling between diets and not diet, dieting is I have to do it perfectly or I'm off the wagon. Do it perfectly, off the wagon. I can think of no better formula to make somebody insane and deeply unhappy than what I just described to you. That is an unhappy life. So please stop doing that. <laughs> like you, you, ch if you want change and sustainable weight loss is definitely behavior change, you start quietly learning, experimenting, building. And once something is solidified in your life, then you tackle the next thing and the next thing. And it can be down to little actions. I remember when I decided I wasn't going to have sugar in my coffee. And you'd be like, sugar in your coffee, that's not enough to create weight loss. Well, maybe not individually, but it certainly added up and it changed my palate for, away from added sugar and it did all kinds of amazing things. But I went like this. I d used to do two teaspoons of sugar in my coffee in the morning and then I took it down to one and I lived there for about six months. And then I took it down to a half teaspoon and I don't know how long that took. And then one day I thought, I bet I could do nothing and it would be okay. And it's been 14 years and I've never put sugar in my coffee since. And I don't feel deprived and it's stuck. So that is how change looks. And you can apply what I just gave you to any number of changes. That's how, that's how real change happens. And that's what it looks like. It starts quietly and it builds. Agency. So we talked about how important it is for you to make your own changes. You know, it sounds kind of crazy. And when I was putting together my weight loss program, I was like, well, I'm not pro promising weight loss and I'm not telling you exactly what to do. And, you know, I thought like, how am I ever going to market that? And, you know, it's some, sometimes it's still a challenge, but it's gotten easier over time. That is a very intentional thing that I'm doing because I know that in order for people to have success, 
they have to bring their agency to the process. You can be coached, you can be given better information, you can be given ideas to experiment with and all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, you have to bring your whole self to the process of how things are going to change and really what needs changing. There may be some things in your life that you really like, that you really enjoy, and they might put a little bit of weight on you and you might decide over time you would like to keep them. That's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. But there are other things that you are willing to change. That's agency. And you've got to have that in order to sustain change. I could come in and give you a plan, but what is that going to do, right? You have to you have to have better information and practices, but then you decide how to organize them in your life. And that process, that little magic is agency. And um, it's what's kept me uh, doing all my good practices is they were right for me and I like them and I am excited to do them on a daily basis. Number seven, what relationships need a conversation because they're based on consumption? So this is, this is a toughie, but massively important. And it's not one that I bring up immediately when I work with people because there's so many other things to cover. But eventually everyone gets to this because the problem is that we are all swimming. We are all pickled. I don't know. I don't know what other metaphor I can use, but the modern world is an obesogenic environment. That is what it is. And it comes in all kinds of ways. This is this is why the idea of healthy choices is just like, if you just make better choices, is ridiculous. The truth is, Problematic food comes in all sorts of ways, but one of the most potent is through other relationships. And uh, this is why I say weight loss is actually personal development and relationship work. Food and movement are the easy part. A good example of that that I use um, to teach is vacations. You know, people go on vacation and it used to be that like, you know, I think about the vacations of my childhood where we went like crabbing and then went to the beach and there was like, one time we went and got a Sunday, you know, we got as a family, we went and got a, like a banana split or whatever. But really the whole thing was like we ate normally and but vacations are no longer that. Now you're in a situation with friends and it's drinking all day and it's this at night and blah, blah, blah. That is a very difficult circumstance. And in healthy, long-term sustainable weight loss, you renegotiate your relationships, most especially the ones that are centered on consumption. And, you know, that could be even with your children in the household. I know a lot of people are upended by the food that they feed their children. And, you know, to that I say, like, let's, let's all eat better. Let's, let's all as a family eat better and, um, and teach your kids how to take care of themselves, right? But I'm getting off course. The point is that uh, long-term healthy weight loss accounts for how you consume things with other people. And you, you have to consider that. You have to change that. You have to have difficult conversations sometimes. And that's okay. Let's normalize that. That's a temporary discomfort, long-term success. Okay? Number eight, change is incremental. Patience is the name of the game. You think of yourself as putting yourself a little off balance and then waiting until there's um, some stasis to bring in another change. Could be sugar in the coffee, could be now you read labels, now you do this walk with a friend. Uh, uh, uh. Change is 
patient, it's humane, and incremental. Number nine, you do not use a method that just asks you to eat less. That is 100% not how long-term sustainable weight loss looks. What you do is create an environment that makes it easy to eat moderately. And that's a more complex subject. Like I can't teach that in a 30-minute podcast, but I want you to think differently about your eating as not being a problem, but an outcome. As it stands now, if you feel like you're overeating, and you might be, which is also not a personal flaw, that could come from an, any number of places. It could come from the food that you're eating and it's it, the processing in your food. It could come from the sugar. It could come from self-soothing. It could come from all sorts of different ways. It could also come from triggers, like you're just you're just being shown that food or this is what the kids eat or whatever. You have to work your way through it. Um, and, you know, by the way, like no person has all of the different triggers. All of our lives are a little bit different, which is why diets, another reason <laughs> diets are so woefully lacking, you know, is that your life and my life are different. And what I'm exposed to is different. There could be some similarities, but what you really need is a way to, th to think differently. And thinking about your eating as a byproduct of your life and not, not a summary judgment on your person is a very helpful way to go because it gives you some action back to the agency idea now you have agency to make change as opposed to thinking oh i just need to buckle down <laughs> i could i'll just be different one day no you won't and that's okay you are who you are and that is just fine that is all you need in order to make real progress on um, anything you want to change including your weight Number 10, you learn to respect your hunger and use it as a tool. All right, I love this one so much because this is foundational to my approach and um, there's great science behind this. There's all kinds of good data, but I'll, I'll say this, your hunger is your friend. It is, it is not something to wipe away or to um, think is a nuisance. I think we think of our hunger, you know, especially if we're trying to lose weight, we think of our hunger as a nuisance. And what it is really happening is your body is communicating with you and you need to slow down and listen. I love my hunger. I, I use my hunger to nourish myself. When, how much? And I wanna tell you the incredible healing benefits of doing something like that. Think about how healing it is to listen to your body and give it what it needs and how affirming that process is. I think of I think of my hunger as a daily part of of my self care, and uh, and learning to create trust with my body. A lot of people, especially if you've dieted over a lifetime, don't trust themselves anymore. And they tell me this. I hear it over and over again. I've worked with enough people at this point to know what people are saying to themselves. Maybe not everything, but you know a good amount. And one of them is I want to learn to trust myself again. Well, I will tell you, long-term sustainable healthy weight loss uses hunger as a tool for self-respect, self-care, and building trust. You have to go back and rebuild the trust with your body that you have shoved around, both either in terms of over-consuming, and again, I don't mean that as in like you're just out of control, but a lot of modern life is predicated on over-consuming or under-consuming while on diets. 
both of those things are terrible and your hunger is a way to rebuild trust from all that damage. Number 11, the changes that you're making feel natural, enjoyable, sustainable, and you can and you can see yourself doing this for the duration. You know, one of the things I hear from members as they start the program is like, shock. I think I can do this for a lifetime. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. You you need ways to navigate the world, um, and and how do you how do you how do you eat for a healthy weight? How do you think about food purchases? How do you eat out with other people? There's all kinds of ways that you you end up um, protecting yourself, but all of these things need to be like natural. They need to they don't they they can't have a high cognitive load like diets where you're tracking and thinking about calories and this is not how you navigate the world turning food into calories, which by the way is going to be a subject of two podcasts. That's how much I hate calorie counting. But what you need are are ways in which you have created to make good decisions for yourself and to make it easy to make good decisions for yourself. And that's a natural sustainable process that does not feel full of anxiety. And it, you know, you can use that little tool, right, of like, am I feeling anxious while I'm doing this? And if you are, that might not be anything you can sustain. It's probably not natural and it's definitely not enjoyable. Um, so that that's the process of grounding you to yourself and your life, a very important process, like that you can live like this you can live like this. That's natural, healthy, sustainable weight loss. And the last one, the last one, number 12, healthy, sustainable weight loss addresses self-soothing. What do I mean by that? Well, a lot of people use food to feel better. And if you do that, please know that I am not um, criticizing. I think everything in culture tells you to do that. And in fact, it's been very normalized, like having a bad day. I remember this commercial that I saw about Oreo Thins. Um, and the whole thing was essentially like, you should eat these because you had a difficult day. And, and the whole thing was like a spa-like atmosphere. And I, you know, nearly jumped out of off the couch looking at this. Like, food is pleasure. Food is uh, nourishment. But food is not intended to make your difficult emotions go away. And one of the things that healthy, sustainable weight loss does is help you redirect, identify your difficult emotions, and redirect them to practices that actually can um, can manage them. You know, exercise is one, therapy is another. There's all sorts of things. But you have to address the way that you soothe yourself and not shame yourself for needing soothing, but understand and take accountability for the fact that um, you do need to feel better. You have been using this to feel better and there might be a better way. And uh, and there are better ways. There are definitely better ways. For me, uh, who is a person who has lots of difficult emotions, uh, for me, over time, exercise has been the way that I cope with that. And that is my go-to along with time with nature and friends and all kinds of things. But healthy, sustainable weight loss means understanding you have difficult emotions and learning different ways to deal with them. So I hope all of that was really helpful to you. So you can see that there's no reason to give up on the idea of losing weight, but I hope through these two episodes, you give up on deprivation-based eating and diet culture ideas and start slowly shifting over to the practices that endure. And those are the ones that expand you as a person 
and feel good to you and you want to do for the rest of your life. Because season one is all about freeing yourself, I'm going to explore some other bad ideas <laughs> that I think um, we should talk about. One of them is calorie counting. So in the next two episodes, we're going to be exploring all of the ways I think calorie counting is unnecessary and damaging. Um, I hope you'll tune in. Please subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcasts or find me on YouTube and let me help you free yourself. <laughs> <laughs>